If your business is tired of paying unpredictable and high phone bills, do what I did. Switch to Zoom Calls Cloud Business Phone Service. You'll pay the same low amount every month, no matter how many calls you have in the U.S. and Canada. And Zoom Calls has a really cool feature called voicemail drops. Whenever you reach someone's voicemail, just say hi in their name and then click a couple of buttons on your phone to leave your pre-recorded message. It saves both your voice and your time. Check out zoomcalls.com. That's zoomcalls.com. I think you'll love it. Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. You know, last night I was, or yesterday sometime, I was flipping through Twitter, saw that Franklin Graham was trending. For those of you who don't know, Franklin Graham is the son of the late Billy Graham, the evangelist. Franklin Graham is an evangelist as well, but Franklin Graham has gotten involved a lot more in the political discussion, the political fray, than his father uh, Billy ever did. Billy Graham stayed, from my uh, recollection and vantage point, out of it completely. Uh, but Franklin Graham uh, tweeted yesterday that the Republicans who betrayed President Trump, he made an analogy to, the, uh, to Judas uh, betraying Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. But let me tell you, for those of you in this audience this morning that are Christians who have ever been concerned about your salvation, did you know um, that Twitter can help? Twitter can help. I learned this last night. I'm going to read you this tweet in a moment and then get started into something I've been chewing on for a bit here. But if you're interested in how much you can make in the terms of money, how much you can earn and still be considered a Christian, or maybe you want to know if your soul is secure if you are a MAGA supporter. Those any of those describe you, you are in luck. There's a lady on Twitter that will judge you. In fact, I retweeted this late last night. Her name is Amy Holden Jones. If you read her description on Twitter, it says she's a screenwriter of Mystic Pizza, which sums it all up pretty well to me. She says this, never forget Franklin Graham takes $600,000 per year in salary from his charity. This is the only uh, this is only a part, a small part of his total income. He's a charlatan, a con artist like the traitor he supports. He's no he's no Christian. So, there you go can turn to Twitter, and she will judge you. She will tell you. That reminds me, by the way. By the way, welcome to the program. I am your host, Todd Huff. Email. If you want to email me your thoughts, questions, opinions, and I know there's actually a whole lot, and I owe some of you responses, and I've gotten to some of the things that, that have been messaged to me through email or social media or wherever you're reaching out to me. I do see those, and I respond. Um, anything that's genuine and sincere from someone who really wants to have a dialogue, if you are a uh, one of the very, very, very few who are uh, some sort of a 
putts, <laughs> I just, I don't even read it. So um, I don't know what you said because if you've made the putts list, you don't even get looked at. But that's 99.999% of you don't fall into that category. Anyway, um, I'll get back. I'll, I'll do my best. But if you want to resp- email me with your questions, thoughts, and so forth, and in, including your adoration and praise, you can always do that by emailing me, Todd at ToddHuffShow.com. Talking about um, what I just mentioned off the top, you know, I am a conservative Christian, and that's what we're going to get into t- today because apparently it's okay to talk about faith and politics and the intersection thereof. Again, the left has given us a, temp- a temporary reprieve from the normal don't talk about that. Um, you know, you, you've got to separate those two things into two completely different worlds. And no, I'm not, um, I'm not someone who believes that uh, – I'm, I'm not a uh, – you know, someone who believes in forcing people to adhere to my faith. That's not it. But to say that faith must be completely absent from the public square is also not is not the truth as well. But anyhow, um, talking about the security of, of salvation, you know, questioning whether or not you are sincere in your faith, it reminds me, I, when I was a young believer, see, I, I grew up in a good home. I had great parents, still uh, good people, but we didn't go to church. I didn't hear anything about Jesus until I was, I mean, literally, we went to, I went to VBS, I think, once or twice as a child, went to church occasionally uh, at my grandmother's church, but I didn't know anything. I didn't really hear the gospel until I was 15 years old, and a group of uh, people put on an, an event called, well, the group was called Fellowship of Christian Athletes, and the event was in Marshall, Indiana, and that was the first time ever, first I'd ever heard the gospel. And I remember as a young believer having accepted, you know, accepted that and made a profession of faith back in 1993. I remember there for the first little bit as a Christian, um, wondering if I was sincere in my in my faith. You know, did I really mean that? Was I just caught up in the moment? This went on for a long time. So anytime they did an altar call, you know, I was up there. I prayed the you know the the sinner's prayer, the prayer of salvation. If you if you will, so many times. And it occurred to me one day, and hopefully this will help anyone out there who maybe feels the same way. It's it's a natural thing. In fact, my best friend and I, he felt the same way 20-some years ago as well. I realized that if, um, well, either I realized it or I guess you could say God revealed to me this truth, that if I'm that concerned about whether I'm sincere, then it's probably genuine. If it's insincere, you don't spend hours upon hours questioning your sincerity, right? I mean, you that's just not the way you, you do it. If you forget about it and think, oh, yeah, did I really mean that? That's a different thing. But if you're sitting there wrestling with it day in and day out, it's probably a genuine thing. And you could you can rest assured that you are, uh, in my opinion, it always comes down to the individual, but sincere in your faith. Anyway, your salvation, my salvation— Franklin Graham's salvation is between you and God. I mean, yes, it's true that we'll be known by our fruit, but we're also not we're not the judges, no matter what this lady on Twitter thinks or Facebook or Jack Dorsey, by the way. Don't want to get off the beaten path here too far, but Jack Dorsey has been exposed to a degree by uh, James O'Keefe and Project Veritas. Someone, actually, some whistleblower. We'll see if the left and the media praise this whistleblower. Um, but this whistleblower was recording 
calls, I guess Zoom calls or some such things, company calls with, with Jack Dorsey um, and has released some of those. I'm sure more things are to come. Uh, but Jack Dorsey, it's it's a crazy thing to listen to. It, I mean, it's almost, you know, some of the things that he was he he had said, uh, it just doesn't it doesn't line up. It's almost as though uh, he's well, he's got a political agenda, but he's he doesn't want to damage his, his platform. But yet he took the decision to damage his platform anyway because the politics were were too much too important to him. I don't have time to get into that, but you can. In fact, maybe we'll have. Um, maybe I'll have pedals later today, uh, post a little bit. Well, that, that clip of that expose, or you can Google, uh, project Veritas and Twitter, and I'm sure you'll find it as well. But anyway, 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 I want to stay on this issue of, of religion. Now, for those of you who aren't religious, just hang in there because I think, I think there's a part of this discussion, um, that, that you'll need to hear as, as well. This isn't going to be uh, this is not designed to be a sermon, but since the left has brought it up, and since the left, oh, there's another tweet as well yesterday that I saw by a guy named David French. David French is um, an intellectual. I'm a conservative. I hesitate because I don't know what to think of people who are never, never Trumpers. I mean, I'm not trying to be provocative here, but if you find yourself voting for Biden or for Hillary in 2016, I can respect if you don't vote. I can respect if you have issues with Trump. I'm, I'm not, that's not even what this is about. But if you, if you actually are casting ballots for the Democrat Party right now, and I don't mean rank and file your neighbor. I mean the ideology that is outlined and embraced by the radical left. That's who's running the Democrat Party right now. Make no mistake about it. There is still a fight for the party, because a lot of these folks have to go back to communities that are not radically left. I think of uh, Tim Ryan in Ohio, for example. There's lots, Connor Lamb. But it doesn't mean – I mean at the end of the day, they're still voting for their, their Speaker of the House to be Nancy Pelosi in most, in most cases. Um, they're still cool with whatever it is. Biden wants to spend another $1.9 trillion. COVID, you're going to quite possibly um, – be on the list of getting an additional $1,400 per person and all sorts of other things that are that are coming in that regard. Now, in, in fairness, spending with, with uh, Trump and the Republican Senate has – well, Congress is where the spending is really supposed to be initiated. But all of those parties involved, Senate, House, and President, have to be in an, in agreement. And we've been on a, on a spending spree, right, and lots of money. To the point where, I mean, you rarely even hear about people uh, talking about about money. But anyway, this this issue um, to to be able to identify as uh, and vote for the radical agenda, the you know um, the abortion perspective of the, of the radical left um, for a true conservative slash uh, even Christian conservative, uh, it's, it's problematic. The move towards socialism, Marxism, in fact, Marxism is the true antithesis, the exact opposite of, of a free society, exact opposite. They don't even want, Marxism says you can't even believe in God. It outlaws the belief in God. So how can a Christian conservative choose that? And I'm sure there's all sorts of justification and so forth that says I'm not voting for 
um, you know, all those things. I'm just not voting for the other side. I'm not voting for Trump and his tweets and his comments from 2006 or whatever, whatever it is. Anyway, it's just hard for me to understand that to some degree. I mean, on the other hand, I understand it completely, as you know, as your host here. <laughs> but um, I'm just kind of sharing with you. I don't always uh, – where these folks come from um, is sometimes a little bit problematic, David French being one of these. This is what he tweeted out yesterday. At the end of the day, this is true. Everything we know about leadership, Republicans threw away. Everything we know about character, Republican Christians – Yes, if you're a Republican Christian out there, you threw it in the garbage, says David French. They grievously hurt this nation. They grievously hurt their neighbors. May God have mercy. And there's a lot of – this is really the, the, the first thing that I saw yesterday as I was thinking about what I wanted to talk about today that, that piqued my interest about this, this concept of Republican Christians. And then the thing with Franklin Graham came up and – we have this lady on Twitter that can tell you if you are saved or not, if you have a sincere faith in Jesus. As she said, Franklin Graham does not. So, you know, if you're concerned about that, uh, you can tune into her and see what – just tweet her to see what she says, and I'm sure she'll be happy to judge you. Don't do that. I'm kidding, by the way. So it's suddenly it's okay to talk about faith in the public square again. But you know why it is? Because they think that they uh, can use your – uh, conscience against you. You caused this, Christians. As David French here says, everything we know about republic uh, leadership, Republicans threw away. Look, I'm not the first guy that's going to get on the bandwagon and talk about the leadership of the Republican Party. There's a lot. Of, you hear me criticize the Republican Party I'm regularly. I don't know if I say every day. I may not do that every day. But it's, it's, a, it's something that needs to be done. It is something that needs to be done. I, you've heard me voice my displeasure with our governor here in the state of Indiana. Hunker down, Hoosiers, we're all in this together. All this sort of meaningless drivel. Meanwhile, as we were facing a constitutional crisis, he's telling us to cheer on the Hoosiers and the Boilermakers and the Ball State Cardinals and Notre Dame Fighting Irish and getting all sorts of different pictures in his gear snapping and clapping and i mean just stuff that i just think what in the world this is embarrassing number one and number two there are real problems and you're not even pretending to act like you care about it same thing with todd young senator from indiana todd young needs to be uh we need to find a conservative to primary todd young todd young has let this this state down he has let you down as a conservative um he's 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 absent when it's time to lead. He's absent, completely absent, not there. Um, I've experienced this personally with, with his, his team, um, and, and, and that needs to be uh, – we need to remedy that. So I'm not standing up for Republican leadership, but I guess he's – David French here is upset with, with Trump and the way Trump's led because Republicans threw things uh, away. I guess David French was happier – when the leadership of the Republican Party was making, you know, uh, was capitulating constantly, was apologizing constantly, was weak, was unprincipled in the sense of standing up to the media, to the nonsense that our government wanted to do. I guess he was okay with those days because that's candidly what we had before Donald J. Trump came in. Donald J. Trump helped Congress, Republican congressmen and senators grow a backbone. 
He helped usher in more of these folks that are prepared to fight and fight hard. Or he stood alongside these folks, folks like Jim Jordan, folks like Matt Gates. Right? I mean, this is here for all of us to see. So I don't know how anyone threw leadership away. Um, David, French Republicans did. If I actually think Republicans threw it away a long time ago. And there's been some Republicans who actually want to fix things that are trying to revive it. And the party's saying, no, don't make us do it. That's how I see it. Then this nonsense here about everything we know about character, Republican Christians threw in the garbage. That's what he says. You threw it in the garbage if you're a Republican Christian. Now, it's funny to me how he talks about it. And, you know, he, I mean, this, for what I understand, he's a professing Christian, so I don't know why he's talking about Republican Christians in the third party. Maybe he doesn't consider himself a Republican anymore. Surely he considers himself still a Christian. I, but he says they, right? He talks about, uh, well, they grievously hurt this nation. They grievously hurt their, <clears throat> hurt their neighbors. I happen to think... I happen to think the ideology of the left has hurt people in ways that are un, sometimes uncalculable. Sometimes uncalculable. The welfare state, the socialist state, the state that says it is uh, your God now, it'll take care of all your problems, just trust it and vote for it. The deceit, the, I mean, the, just take your pick. There's plenty of issues to, to look at here. But anyhow, these things have got me focused on this this morning. So this is not a lecture on, or a sermon, I should say, but rather kind of a defense of or a, an explanation of uh, constitutional conservatism, the role of faith, at least from my perspective, and I think many of your perspectives as well. But it's okay to talk about this now because the radical left now says it's okay, which means they think they can use this to politically defeat conservatism or Christianity. But nonetheless, I welcome the debate because – when you get right down to it, outside of the people in your life, there's ultimately uh, ultimately what matters is, I mean, well, God, people, and politics, and how we live on not, how we live on this side of heaven. I think when you get down to it, those are the things that matter: God, people, and how we live, which is politics. So happy to talk about this, but I got to take a timeout. You're listening here to the home of conservative, not bitter talk. I'm your host Todd Huff. Back in just a minute. Welcome back. By the way, this program is brought to you by our by our friends, in part by our friends at Smalling Masonry. Smalling Masonry actually came here, came here, and they uh, cleaned our cleaned our chimney, and actually taught us. Uh, we had we bought this house. Oh boy, two thousand and twelve. So we're uh, it was the end of 2012, so a little over eight years ago. This house has a wood burning stove, I guess, if you will, a wood burner. And um, in addition to cleaning our our uh, our chimney to make sure that we were burning fires safely, they also taught us that we weren't quite using that. This was a a different type of wood burner, and uh, Gary taught us how to properly use it, and I stinking love this thing. My wife has to listen to me constantly talk about how great 
this uh, this fireplace is. Anyway, if you have a fireplace, if you are needing to have your your chimney cleaned or something, uh, some work done along those lines, consider our friends at Smalling Masonry. You can call them at 888-388-1852, 888-388-1852, or visit them online at beachgrovemasonry.com. That's beachgrovemasonry.com. I want to look here um, at constitutional conservatism. I, I want to talk about this uh, for for a moment as we're, as we're going through um, – I don't know. There's a bit of an assault now. You know, you you've gone through the election, and of course, we all have our opinions and thoughts on that. Um, we've gone through all of the tensions and the everything that happened post election, and we all have our thoughts on that. We had what happened last week at the Capitol, and everyone blaming Trump and Republicans. We have now ten Republicans in the House that voted uh, to impeach President Trump, who, by the way, is leaving office. Um, January 20th. That's the plan, right? Here we are just a, a few days from that, and yet they're trying to impeach him. And that's why yesterday I talked about uh, talked about uh, payback politics. Get ready for payback politics. They're going to make Trump or anyone who stood by Trump face the consequences of that politically. Payback politics is really what the radical left, I don't want to say is best at because – uh, I think they're best at deceiving people and coming up with really terrible ideas. But um, right up there near the top of that is retribution, payback politics. So we talked about that yesterday. By the way, you can listen to old programs. Old, no, no, no. They are encores, encore episodes of this program by going to our website or you can subscribe to our podcast, which is totally free. So you can have that content all the time. encourage you to do that because, look, I mean, at any moment – where if you listen to us or connect with us on social media, there's a risk that that's going to be broken. That's why you should also think of signing up for our newsletter free also. Anyway, um, so there's this this focus on republicanism, conservatism. Um, Republicans have lost the Senate, and I know there's you know there's a whole <laughs> litany of things to discuss there. Blah blah blah. They don't have control of the House. They lost the White House according to this election. Now there's Almost like this uh, this post-mortem report, right? I mean this is almost like an autopsy report, what happened and people are criticizing and saying what's, what's wrong, what needs fixed, uh, and all this sort of thing. And I think this is a great time to review what constitutional conservatism is and, as we've been talking about as well, tying in this concept of uh, the, the Christian part because there's, there's articles. I've had a buddy sending me articles and asking my – opinion on this this discussion of Christian nationalism and how terrible Christian nationalism is and all this sort of stuff. I want to try to tie all that together here in the latter half of the program. So we're going to talk about constitutional conservatism. Um, we're going to talk about this concept of Christian nationalism. What does that mean? How do I view the intersection of faith and ideology? Why this all matters to you? In a free country that's built upon um, liberty, that's built upon freedom, that is uh, built upon the idea that we are created in, well, created by God with uh, inalienable rights, inalienable rights, life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. And this concept, you know, uh, 
diverted from the normal path. No longer are we, were we considered subjects to the king. We were considered citizens and free people who had the opportunity to live their lives, to live our lives however we we saw fit and to follow our dreams and, and, and ambitions and passions and to do that. And that's how we were created to live this side of heaven. That's why this matters so much to me. The radical left thinks that you're an idiot. You can't manage your own life. You create your own problems. If only people like them would be in positions of power, then they could fix everyone's issues because people are morons and they're smarter than everybody else. This is what they think. And it's, it's really the anti, uh, I mean, it's, it's really an anti-God state of mind. It really, I, I'm not saying you can't be, don't misunderstand, Christian and, and a liberal. I'm saying that that mindset is not the mindset uh, that, that God wants us to have. So this is why I think the, the, the religion discussion matters to me today. If you're ever in a position where you say, hey, look, I'm on the scene now, all problems are, I'm not saying you shouldn't be confident. But I'm on, I'm on the scene. I'm going to fix your problems, you, you stupid second-class citizen. If that's ever your mindset, you can rest assured. You can rest assured that that's not the mindset that Christ talked about. He says, consider others uh, you know, better than yourself. You know, don't, don't act like you got all the problems don't, or solutions to all the problems. Pride comes before the fall as well. So we'll get to those things here in the latter half of the program. Timeout is needed, though. Sit tight. Back here in just a minute. Welcome back, my friends. So let's talk about constitutional conservatism. I learned... In Sunday school about 25 years ago, and thank you, Jim, for teaching this to me, the – what is it? The Royal – what are you – the Royal Canadian, uh, Canadian Mounted Police, known as the Mounties. One of the things that they do is they identify uh, phony currency, right? Uh, currency, uh, currency that's not legitimate, not officially uh, – you know, printed and backed by the government of Canada. It is faked. It is fabricated, right? It's not real. And it, it's counterfeit. So what they do to study how to identify it, you might think at first that they study all the nuances and differences between the, you know, the, the, the mistakes people make when they try to counterfeit something. Now, they might be aware of that, I don't want to say that they're not aware of it, but what makes them uh, – the reason they're good at spotting counterfeits is because they study the real thing. So I want you to, to, to think about that. They study the real thing, and they know that anything that doesn't look like that does not is, – isn't real, isn't true. And so there's all these different terms in government today, and, and I'm going to tell you, nobody knows – not even political – Science people, they think they want you to think they know, but nobody knows what these things mean in practice. They might know what they mean in the, uh, you know, in the in the faculty lounge, what they technically mean. I don't mean that, but in reality, no one knows what anything means because people don't know what they mean, and people are using these things. For example, I had a guy, a friend of mine, who told me he's a classical liberal, 
while telling me how awesome socialism is. Right? So, I mean, I'm a I think conservatives are the classical liberal of the day. These were these were limited government folks. These were pro individual right and you know, people that believed in the rights of the individual. I had another guy who's confused as can be. One moment he's a rabid, rabid liberal, the next he's a libertarian, the next he's believes he's some form of a conservative or that he and then he tells me he prefers candidates who are in the establishment of the Republican Party. My point is is that it's easy to get confused. And I would say don't get down – like for example, we started talking about Christian nationalism, which we'll touch on here, time permitting here at the end of the program. But I would say to you don't get so caught up in that and what the terminology is. I'm going to tell you what I mean when, I'm, when I say constitutional conservatism. And I think that – well, I – whether you agree completely with this or not, and just as a disclaimer, you absolutely should, wink, wink, but it, constitutional conservatism, when I say it, this is what I mean. I mean that throughout – so throughout history, governments um, did – governments oppressed people. Governments viewed in most cases the people as some sort of a servant – or a subject to itself, right? This is this is a common, common sort of approach, and that's why there was this this arrogance and condescension that often flows from the ruling class, which we have today too, but it's for different reasons. These fo- these folks were appointed. In fact, many of them were they believed appointed uh, by God to be king, and they would make their decrees. And there's some horrible stories throughout history. Some really terrible people and some atrocious things that happened. And our founders lived under that. And so they understood through reading you know, philosophical works by understanding Judean-Christian principles and values, which this nation is at its core rooted in Judean-Christian principles and values. You don't have to become a, uh, a Christian in this country, but it is true that the principles, the foundations of the Judean-Christian belief system um, – you know the system of morality and right and wrong at least is is based it, our our nation is rooted in that western civilization common law some things this was this was a progress over centuries right people moving from oppression to 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 what we had today which we can i mean we have to combat those who try to take away our freedoms but we still can live our lives uh, much more freely than the vast, vast, vast majority of people who have ever walked this planet. And so the founders came up with this notion that said, again, you are citizens, not subjects. You have rights that are given to you not by the person in office, not by whether in, in the case of um, you know when they, when they first got together, it was under the king of England. That dude doesn't give you your rights. Your rights come from God. If that sucker in, in England tries to tell you you can't do something, he's taking away what God has freely given you. We cannot allow that. That's the, the idea. And when I talk about this, this nation was, was built upon a fa- fantastic foundation, that is what I'm talking about. The ideas that talk about your right to free speech, your right to protect yourself by keeping and bearing arms, your right to have your own thoughts and uh, opinions and beliefs and desires and goals and objectives. 
the government can't do that for you. And that's what governments were seeking to do for such a such a long time was to try to organize and structure and force society into the direction that they thought that society should go instead of letting people live their lives and understanding, as Adam Smith taught us, that there's an invisible hand. That invisible hand is when people are living their lives, they're, they realize that by coming together through free markets, free associations, and helping each other, get them what they need, they can then in turn um, use the proceeds, right, the, the profits from what they provided one person to then use that money to help themselves in the area that matters to them. So this trading, it actually brings people together and by people looking to work in their own self-interest, not selfishness, not not my preference at the sake of everybody else's, but focused on what I want to do and how can I cooperate with others to, to move in that direction. This is a good this is a good thing. And that is what our nation, the idea of constitutional conservatism, is rooted in and based upon. So I got more about this, but I've got to take a break. The clock is telling me it is time. Actually, Oz is over here telling me it's time. And she's right. Sit tight. We'll talk more about this when we get back. See you here in just a just a minute. Folks, it is tax time. It is tax time. You got to get your taxes done when you're looking for a professional to help you do that. Consider our friends at Midwest Tax Group. You can find out more by visiting their website, mwtaxgroup.com. That's M for Mid, MW for Midwest, mwtaxgroup.com, or call them at 317 288 5260. 317-288-5260. Let's get back to talking about um, constitutional conservatism. So we got this idea, this notion, your your rights come from God, not from government. That means they're unalienable. That means that you have them no matter what the government says, no matter what gyrations or arguments or whatever they come up with, They these rights exist. The government can head fake and rant and rave and scream, but you have these rights. It's also why this this idea says that we're a republic. We're not simply majority rule. See, majority rule, you've heard the Ben Franklin analogy. Um, democracy is, what is it, two, uh, two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. A republic is two sheeps. I'm sorry, two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner, but the sheep is armed and is contesting the results. So he, so the idea of, of a democracy, a pure democracy, which is what we've been told that we have, which we do not. We have a constitutional republic, which certainly has democratic, <clears throat> excuse me, aspects. But the idea of, of a republic reflects the. It gives a, a built-in protection for. These rights, these rights were then taken, not all of our rights, but some of our rights were enumerated in the Constitution. They were written down. And so what it basically said is, hey, government, we know that throughout the history of the world that governments grow. This is the natural – anything that mankind, humankind, excuse me, to reflect – I'm not uh, intending to assign a gender to that. Humankind, we have – we're made in the image of God. God's a creator. God's a builder. And so we we build and create. 
And government is something that we've built and you know created as well. But we understand that government that grows too big is not good. So the founders said, hey, in order to restrict this idea of the natural inclination of man, mankind, humankind to build things, we want to put restrictions and say this is th- these are the lanes. This is the lane you've got to stay in because if you get too big, you become a threat to people and their liberty. And suddenly you're so big that you try to assert yourself as God and you say that we're the givers of rights, not – Almighty God. And so we have to write these things down in a constitution, and we should all know these, and we should understand that that is not intended to be a full list of freedoms and liberties, but rather a full explanation of what the federal government is has been charged with, with doing. And so we have this this concept, right? This this it's clearly articulated and right before our eyes. And so the idea of being a constitutional conservative is saying that I believe in that document. I believe in the ideas that are behind it. I believe not just in the Constitution but also in the Declaration. I understand what the founders were fighting against. I understand what they were standing for, and it is absolutely 100 percent correct. They were not flawless and blameless and without sin, and they made certainly made mistakes, big mistakes, things that we – you know, argue, you know, argue about as far as whether that or not that corrupts the whole system or not. In particular, slavery. You know, they they didn't fix that problem back then. They made a mistake, and they uh, it, it was wrong, and the bad, terrible, awful things happened. It has been fixed. But the point here is that conservatism means that we understand that the government needs to stay small, that freedom needs to remain big, that the individual, not the state is what needs to uh, is is what needs to be focused on we're a we're a nation of individuals we're not a nation of subjects that are designed to be pawns by the political class and so that's where we are so then you have concepts like christian nationalism come up but i don't have time to get into this christian nationalism and all these other things but the point is understand the ideology that you adhere to first so that when someone comes along and tries to make some sort of a nuanced argument, you don't even understand the terms. Don't get caught up in that. Just say, look, I don't – you can say define words, whatever you want to say. I'm not even going to go down those paths. This is what I believe and this is why. And we have to be able, uh, able to articulate that. And I'm telling you it connects with people on such a level because it's ref, it reflects what they know inside. They just need to be – told that because sometimes they can't articulate it but it's an attractive thing gotta go time out is in order be back here in just a minute welcome back look when you come down get down to it the nation this great this nation is great because of you because of you and the ideas that we have, because of the individual, not because we have master, um, I guess, manipulators of people or managements, uh, managers of society in Washington, D.C. That is not why you make this country great. That's what it is. It's, it's the individual, the American. And it's also important. I, that's why I think, you know, as a Christian, we tap into our, two, our true greatness when we 
connect with God because that's our source of all goodness. So that's where they intersect, folks. I've got to go. SDGC Monday. Take care.